Dank Ferrick and What's Up Geeks. Welcome back to the Geek-Centric Podcast. This is our ongoing series called Watch Club for Season 2 of The Mandalorian. All right, welcome back, geeks, to Watch Club, The Mandalorian Season 2. In today's episode, we are discussing Episode 4, The Siege, Chapter 12, directed by none other than Carl Weathers, Grief Karga himself. Um, <laughs> before we get into kind of the ins and outs of what we did or, or didn't like uh, about the episode, of course... Let's go ahead and introduce you to the other lovely folks joining me on today's show. Joining me on the show, we have the Kaminoan Crate Dragon himself, Kevin Katarn Hudson. I mean, that's that's cool and all, but are you like planning on taking me out with some serious <laughs> I mean, underground we're, we're gonna, explosions? <laughs> we're going to feed you uh, a, a bantha filled with bombs, if that's okay <laughs> with you. Yeah, I hear the meat's great. delicious, so uh, you've They're, got me. Oh. Absolutely. Anything with beautiful, soulful eyes is delicious. Uh, and to his virtual left, we have the Jabba of the Jedi Council of Judgmental Jezebels, Justin. <laughs> Jezebels. I don't know I mean, if that's you could, appropriate. You Might could be a Jezebel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, listen, I'm running out of, <laughs> running out of that words. Was creative. That was good. You know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out. Uh, I can't I'm believe he, we just, to... he just let you call him the Jabba of something. <laughs> <laughs> let that one slip right by. You know, don't even worry about it. Uh, guys, let's get right into it. Um Starting with Justin, um, I think, you know, when we start these episodes, we usually start with like a high level overview. Justin, um, what is your high level sort of overview? What did you uh, did you did you like this episode is what I want to know. I love this episode. I thought it was great. I thought it was a, a fun little side adventure with some familiar faces. Uh, the mission ended up proving itself to be uh, very revelating in terms of, of narrative elements. So mm. um, I don't know. I think to me and I think we owe through as we've been discussing through watch club is you know this is kind of what we're looking for those like seeds that they plant to kind of expand on on where where this story is going or what it's going to touch or you know what it's going to kind of be a part of so yeah um I'm I I enjoy I enjoyed what I what I saw so it was it was good I I was it was really good excellent and you know we've uh we've been missing uh, our wonderful uh, Camino and Crate Dragon, uh, Kevin, for for uh, this season of Watch Club. Um, but we've got him on the show now. And, uh, you know, I think on our last episode, Justin, we kind of discussed the aspect of like, well, are people that aren't watching some of the expanded lore, uh, you know, revolving around rebels and clone wars, are they maybe not enjoying some of these elements as much? Uh, Kevin, I would love to know, uh, you know, your thoughts maybe on, I guess, even the previous episode in this one, uh, what, you know, are you loving it as much as uh, as we are? Well, like, I, I definitely went back and did my homework, and, and I wanted to listen to see what you guys thought of the previous episodes, just so I wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, just so it would make it easier for us to sort of chit-chat. And so I think we're, we're going to be in a rocky situation here in that I, I certainly don't think I've enjoyed uh, some of the elements uh, that you guys have enjoyed nearly yeah. as much. Uh, I think this basically was just another episode of more of the same. 
and while yes, they touched on some of the background of, uh, in particular, our little um, child character. They are not progressing the story very much at all. It is just another land on a planet, do some crap, take off and go episode. Another one. Four in a row. Like the, All I, I, of my I, worst fears are coming true with this season. <laughs> and that, it's not that I'm not enjoying the show. Just right. don't think it's... I don't find it very engaging. And I really... And I'll, we'll get into specifics about why. I don't think it's very good overall. For sure. Yeah. For sure. So I think All it was right. just another more of the same. It was, it was what it was. And I think to your point of more of the same, I I would agree with you that it was more of the same. But I think you know, again, if you if you have listened to our previous episodes of uh, of this season of Watch Club, make sure you do. Um, you know, just like the previous episode, I thought this was more of the same side mission stuff, but also it is giving us enough uh, of that sort of opening up the box of of asking some more questions of of revealing some more sort of threads. Uh, and I'm really digging that about at least these last two episodes. Um, and especially if you are really big on the expanded lore uh, beyond just the films, I, I think that there is a ton to sort of dig into. And, and well, so let's, yeah. Well, if I Kevin, may, just ahead. on that point, because you did mention this even in the last episode review that you guys did, mm-hmm. you complained several times during the first season watch clubs that, oh, I don't just want Easter eggs and I don't just <laughs> want nods and stuff. And that's kind of sure. all this is, is nods. And Easter eggs to former things like, oh, did you hear that? They mentioned this planet that was mentioned once in another movie or, you know. I agree with you, Kevin, on the fact of of nods. I would say, though, these are nods and things that are actually leading to an actual narrative. Whereas I think what we were sort of complaining before was just sort of like, let's put Star Wars in Star Wars because of Star Wars. Whereas this is now, hey, we're we're showing these characters. It's actually going to lead to more of a a narrative arc across this season. But when? We're 12 episodes in. We're 12 episodes in. Aren't we? Is this, yeah, you know, four episodes of season two. But, though, come on, let's, know, let's let's still, give it a chance. Still, yeah, but, um, yeah, but, but like, my thing is though is that I think this is a slow burn. I think at some point it's it's safe to say that we might see a time jump. In oh, other we'll get seasons. into it. We'll get. It. I, I want to hear yeah. what you guys think about the future of the season uh, near the end of our review. But guys, let's start off uh, yet again. Another fantastic. Uh, opening another fantastic sort of cold opening. Uh, we get that scene with with the child uh, wiring, doing some wiring on the ship, uh, and he's got the the red wire and the blue wire. Um, I don't know. I, I thought it was endearing. I thought it was cute. I, I mean, you know, I, I think the more cute child moments that we get, you know, the more that fans of that aspect of the series are going to enjoy it. I don't know. I thought it was fun. I thought the the comedy element was interesting. I don't know. It didn't have the the same sort of badassery as the other ones it was cute sure. right and it was endearing it was a you know very father son brother sort of yes. maybe brother yeah maybe more like brothers kind of like trying to figure something out so yeah. i did i did enjoy it because i always want a little bit of humor star wars isn't about comedy but i need some sort of fun interactions with characters some sort of exchange of of a quip or a joke here or there and it's one of my major issues with this episode going forward post credits and so mm. i'll take it at the beginning because i'm pretty that's pretty much the only element of comedy you're getting for the rest of this episode maybe the the amount of comedy that actually works because there there was some claim complaints that i had a little bit about uh, a certain blue <laughs> alien that oh, joins us boy, oh um, boy. that we'll, we'll get we'll get <laughs> yeah. to we'll get to <laughs> yes, um but of course uh you know we talked about um you know Din Djarin's sort of 
um, maintaining his connection with the child. And I think he's letting his guard down a lot more. And you see that uh, in the following scene where he starts, they're drinking soup together, right? And you see him lift his helmet up and the child sort of looks up. Um, and I think that that's actually going to play into uh, what I, I'm, I'm speculating. Um, but then, guys, we talked about in a previous episode, sort of these cold openings uh, setting the tone for the episode. Um, and I think that wasn't necessarily setting the tone. Rather, the the gang of Aqualish thugs um, that we get to see Cara Dune come in as the marshal uh, and just completely wreck shop. You know, she's she's saving that lava meerkat from being eaten. Um, what do you yeah, guys think her, about did this? Her, her part, her part yeah. was very much the badass, right? Yes. Like the comedy was in that that moment with the child and and uh, Mando and you know the badass sort of scene was with with her right in that because then then you get into that you know the mandalorian title hits right after that right um it was cool like i I think what it leads to what we find out is is far more interesting in terms of you know where she's at right now in in navarro so speaking of navarro and you know where she's at where navarro's at um you know the mandalorian uh and the child land of course, we get to see Grief Cargo, who I loved just seeing, like, Grandpa Grief uh, coming up and picking up his grandchild. And, oh, yeah, yeah, you're so cute. Um, I honestly was totally fine with that because I think Carl Weathers is is such a lovable sort of charming guy. Um, but we get to see what they did with Navarro and how how much they've cleaned it up. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, what did you guys think about, like, the school and seeing the protocol droid as a teacher? Um, did you guys think that that was, uh, you know, is that believable at this point in the in the outer rim? <laughs> well, I, I think it shows that they're trying to clean themselves and rid themselves of any sort of empire influence for betterment, right? But, you know, yeah. obviously, Grief Karga has gotten his, his hands dirty and, you know, he's 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 done his stuff. But now he wants to, you know, give back to the to the place that he he, he calls home sort of. Sure. Thing. Yeah, he's cleaning it up. Um, he's cleaned it up, right? And like, you know, the fact that him and Cardoon are like this, you know, team, if you will, that are yeah. overseeing this town, it's you know, it's nice, right? Like it's nice to see where what what has changed, right? So Ke- Kevin's nodding along uh reluctantly. What I mean, what uh, no, I, what'd you I think hate of to these? Jump back on episode four and it's like, Oh god, here's Kev again complaining about everything. <laughs> no, it's all good. But uh, that's why we bring you on the show. Yeah, right? You, you, yeah, yeah, you guys yeah, were way yeah. too positive the last few episodes. You need a little <laughs> negativity to balance. But no, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if you guys ever watched the old nineties like Hercules or Xena shows. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And like no, they would go yeah. into a town and they would help yeah. the villagers and then oh, yeah. a season later they'd come back and things were nice and happy and yeah, yeah. Oh my I mean, gosh, it, but Kevin. like it just I just uh, You I, loved that show. You loved both yes, of those when shows. I was I know. when I was eleven years old in the nineties. It was awesome. Yeah, so I don't see I don't, don't want to watch this ni- argument. Because I don't want to watch nineties quality television in twenty twenty sure, when there's sure. a thousand good T V shows on. I see what they were doing, but it was a bit cheese. It was a bit campy, yeah. It was it was very much the cheese that we felt, I think, from the previous season's uh episode, uh I guess episode four in that season, right? In the in the in the village right the kids sort of looking at the child like <laughs> yeah like somewhere. i like you guys yeah. mentioned it in the last episode i can't believe that bryce dallas howard did such a great job in the yeah. previous week's episode of not having any of that schmaltzy tone and then here comes grandpa carl weathers i guess for real <laughs> yeah yeah you know, i'm a, yeah. you know i'm back to being a magistrate and my yeah, my yeah, yeah. days are over and oh, oh, oh. it's like ah but of course guys i i mean i really need to know i mean i enjoyed seeing the protocol droid as a teacher and i, I liked seeing that scene with uh with the child and you know force pulling over the blue macaroons how much did you guys want 
some yummy blue macaroons. They do look tasty. They look tasty. They look so, and believe it or not, you can actually buy them. For $50 U.S., you can get a pack of 12 uh, in, in the United States at Williams-Sonoma. <laughs> or Sonoma, now, sorry. Now, are they, like, uh, are they Mandalorian branded and yeah, stuff? Okay. Yeah, they're called Navarro Nummies. I can't uh, believe how fast. <laughs> I can't believe the difference the show's taken from not having any child merchandise ready at the beginning of the first season to the episode aired, get those macaroons on the shelf. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, come on. It's nuts. Speaking of blue macaroons, oh, God. Uh, the, the Mithril, uh, played by Horatio Sands, back again from episode one. His, I think everyone's favorite part of episode one. Um, he's, he's there calling in what he doesn't realize is the Razor Crest uh, until he sees Mando and he gets that little spurt of whatever that is <laughs> coming out of his body. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I liked how he sort of, uh, there was a callback to to Return of the Jedi, um, you know, him coming out of Carbonite saying he still can't see out of his left eye, right? right? And we had Han Solo being like, I'm, I can't see him. Um, again, they, they, they pay attention to those little details. They're all about the details, just like us at Geek Centric. Um, what did you guys think of, of the Mithril, Horatio Sands, uh, in this episode overall? I mean, I, I, I didn't, I didn't love him. I didn't hate him. I just felt like he was kind of there. I don't, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't really uh, enjoy his character as much as I, I wanted to. I know I'm clamoring for comedy here, but that is that's not the kind of comedy I want. You know that. Right. You know. I think it was Carl Weathers saying like, "Well, I don't want to be the only jokester, you know, in this episode. Like, I want, oh, I want to bring someone on who's gonna, that's true, right? Because I could see him kind of like, you know, he's still saying funny things, but I, or or it maybe was, it was a way for him to banter back and forth, sure. right? He that's right. I mean, that. yeah, he put someone in the scene that he could work work off of, work in off terms of. of like, yeah, that makes sense. I could, I could, that that that's a good argument. So, yeah. uh, but again, I think yeah, he he, he wasn't this essential, but I, I found him funny. I did laugh at certain points right yeah let's kind of let's kind of move on so as soon as they got to the base i think things started to heat up literally uh because they had to take out the cooling lines to get the reactor uh to blow up again another reactor blows up a thing <laughs> will the imperial you know will they not learn these imperials <laughs> no guardrails you know it's the <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's what i mean that was that's great I mean. that was horatio sam that was a great, i laughed yeah. so hard when i heard that <laughs> yeah right and that and like to me like i was like this guy was fine like he was he he was yeah. funny he might have been tacked on he probably was non-essential i think it's a great call out that Carl Weathers probably put him in there so he could banter off of him and right. there was just some sort of light humor because you have these three serious characters right so yeah and I think I think I think the comedy that I didn't enjoy as much was I, I, what felt like improv comedy which Horatio Sands is known for right like mm -hmm. he's known for that sort of improv level of comedy and sort of making stuff up on the fly and sort of like you know as he's getting out of the 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 speeder he's like well i don't really like to leave my speeder here like you know I, I just it was fine it was fine but like i don't know it wasn't well, when you good. said it, it was funny i wish it was well, there the you show. go hey like, <laughs> maybe listen dave filoni if you want to hire me as replacement for horatio sand uh i would be down um eventually they get in um and uh and they take out some stormtroopers but they get to a very specific point they get in they see these two um, officers, these two Imperial officers wearing the the same Kaminoan uh, cloning crest on their arm, the same one we see that Dr. Pershing wears as well as the, the clones from Attack of the Clones. And, uh, and we, we see, we hear them go, purge the drives! Uh, and they, they destroy uh, these drives uh, very shortly before they get taken out. 
Um, and uh, and just before we kind of dive into what they see next, um, just really quickly, we got our first mistake uh, on the on this show, which I really really appreciated. It's going it's blowing up all over the internet. I don't know if you've seen it, um, but white t shirt and jeans guy, as the internet is uh, the Star Wars fandom is dubbing him, uh, appears briefly in one frame. Uh, and apparently that's enough for, for fans to want to make custom uh, action figures of <laughs> half this guy's body with no head. Um, I just thought it was a really funny thing. You know, we've, we've, we've mentioned it or we've, we've seen in the past with like Game of Thrones coffee cups and water bottles. Um, but guys, we get in there and they look and, uh, and we see, you know, the music uh, from episode nine. The clone, the Snoke clone scene uh, at the beginning of episode nine starts to play. I don't know if you caught that. Uh, and we hear Cara Dune say, well, this isn't a military operation. This is a lab. Um, I would love to know, guys, what are your thoughts? What did we see in those tanks, starting with uh, Justin? Well, we, we saw, I guess, like their humanoid, obvious humanoid sort of clones that are either failed attempts or still working attempts in pods of, I guess, water or liquid. Yeah. So there's, they're being, I guess, kept alive in some capacity. The visual itself looked like Snoke, and then they right. ran the music yeah. on top of that. And it was pretty it was pretty apparent like that whatever we were looking at was hinting at the importance of either his character or what his character is going to symbolize, like the cloning aspect of it. So, so yeah, I, I, I think this sets a, this sets a um, at least a little narrative seed as to what will be involved. Kevin, were you, did this get you excited? What were, what were your feelings when we started looking at these these tanks of I mean, uh, I, I felt you couldn't skinny, weird. really see what was in them. I don't know if it's just my TV's not big enough or... Um, but <laughs> Sure. But also, like, I don't know, is this just the beginning of explaining Snoke and Palpatine in Episode Nine? I don't know. Because, I mean, they need the... the what, what did they call them? The M... Yeah, well, so we get that that gram, right? That hologram of Dr. Pershing right. pops up. And he, he says, you know, we, we can't find a donor with a, a higher M count. M count, uh, which, which I, I literally think is just, that's just uh, Dave Filoni um, probably just being like, well, we can't mention midichlorians because the fans will get really upset. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I almost think it was you know? like, a, yeah, we're, we we're going to mention them, right? Right, but we're not going to mention be ex- yeah. That's what we want to extract, but we are not right. saying it by name. Not a, sorry, yeah, George, exactly. not a chance, yeah, yeah, bud. Yeah, yeah. George is just like, can you work midichlorians in somehow? <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure Filoni wanted to put it in. I'm. I'm I bet you Favreau was probably. Oh, it made him. Made him Favreau. Yeah. I was just like, why don't we just call them M counts? Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, guys, like, I'm. I'm a little worried for for the child. Uh. You know, at this point, in terms of like, they need his blood. They need. Uh. And they. The. You know, I think Pershing mentions like, if we extract more, it'll kill him. You know, like he'll he'll die. Uh, and so I think, you know, obviously the, the uh, Moff Gideon probably doesn't really care uh, about that. And they, you know, our team learns that Moff Gideon is uh, still alive because the recording was only three days old. Um, so, uh, you know, again, when I saw those those tanks, I think I thought along with you guys, it, is it something to do with Snoke? Uh, is it something to do with the Emperor coming back? Uh, but, I, you know, I think, uh, you know, we get to this, you know, just a, a brief moment of mystery uh followed by uh, you know more chasing more running around more action more blasting guys what did you think of some of these sort of more classic uh running through the hallways uh you know stormtrooper yeah, shooting it, it, it had that star wars element to it and it yeah. had that sort of like battle-esque sort of feel to it like i i actually really liked the the chase scene 
through the the lava canyon which is yeah. where you know car dune and uh grief car end up just the, the whole action sequence was really good I, I thought it was i thought it was just it was it was fun right? it looked like, like star wars right it's, absolutely it, it looked like yeah. star wars it looked it like, like star wars. wars but you know when you've got han and luke and the guns on the millennium falcon in episode four and they're trading quips back and forth and they're you know there's there's two different characters doing two different sets of actions whereas this whole action sequence you could have literally replaced any of the characters saying any of the lines and it wouldn't have mattered it was just run pull the trigger shoot the gun yeah. go faster yeah. go faster like there was no personality to the characters within that scene again it looked great you know like pure star wars chasing through a a, a canyon or whatever it is you know that's very star warsy but I, I just the writing is so generic and flat in some of these moments it was so flat and just pull the trigger. I'm going to shoot him. Like, I just found it so like, come on, put some creativity into what these characters are saying. You know, whereas you could literally have just swapped Kara and Mm -hmm. anybody and they could have been doing the opposite thing and said the exact same things the exact same way. So that's where that part bugged me. Yeah, I I think um, it definitely looked like Star Wars. I think the production value for this show is is actually gotten a lot better. Like visually, I think the show has gotten a lot better since season one. Um, I loved seeing the the the. Uh, speeder bikers or the speeder bikes uh, fly off. I loved seeing how like just like two of them smashed into each other. That was other a and great moment. See, didn't that's even what make I want. That's like, a that fun was really moment cool. in that. Yeah, that was a yeah. fun moment. Um, we get Cara Dune committing uh, vehicular manslaughter and going, woo! That was interesting. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think the moment where everything clears out and we get the TIE fighters and you hear that, you know, the scream, the... I, I think to your point, Kevin, there's moments where they say uh, they say they say very flat lines, but then there's also moments, really subtle sort of moments where they don't even have to say anything that I really like about sort of building on the character. And for the character of Cara Dune, which we'll talk about a little bit later, she knows what those TIE fighters sound like. And so to st- get that moment where she sort of hears them and she sort of looks back and she sort of, you know, she hears it from super far away and the mithril, the mithril hasn't even comprehended what's going on. Um, I think that's kind of a cool little character building moment. But I agree with you, Kevin. There's a lot. I hope I, I hope going forward that we get a little bit more of that level of quality of character building in what they say and, as opposed to just what they do. I think, though, that's the difference between movie writing and TV writing. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, well, it's literally like it's scope? Star Wars. Uh, yeah. On the scope of dialogue, I think like in the terms of the the last half of this was just to get them out of trouble. Do you know what I mean? After they discovered that narrative piece of, of the pods, it was like literally the last little bit of this episode was get them out of trouble, right? And it, and then it just became an action sequence of, of that. So the dialogue doesn't need to necessarily way as much as the 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 actual visuals of the action need to and i think the actions of the visuals out outdo yes to your point the 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 dialogue but that's where it kind of really shines as a star wars sort of thing like this is where it felt the most sort of like uh aesthetically visually looking star wars and in a crammed sort of episode right like we you know in, in a in a little little period of time sure uh, but i mean for, i want to disagree kind of with the whole it's tv so the writing isn't as good as movies i mean in the last 25 years tv is elevated sure 
But I'm saying Star Wars movie writing versus te- Star Wars TV. But why writing. can't it be it's, as good? I'm just saying though that in the case of what you're describing is that there's more of an emphasis on a visual push for the story rather than a narrative push, rather than a dialogue push. Right? It's not about the dialogue in those scenes, and it might fall flat. And sure, they shouldn't have lines. I, I don't think they really did have lines where it's like fire there, shoot there. Right? Like you know, there was like little things like you know, blast them. Right? Like yeah, those sort exactly. of things and from this stuff. Yeah. So it's like typical. But when you're doing Star it for Wars, 12 yeah, just, minutes, just, break it up a little with the line of dialogue. But like, I think the visuals helped in that capacity to do that, to sure. break up that. I just that look I just look at dialogue. a scene from Rise of Skywalker where they're on but the sand script and, and flying sure. away and you know and Poe has a Poe line and Finn has a Finn line, you know, yeah, like that's three movies of character building and knowing how to play those lines. And that's also that's that's a movie, right? But like, but I think movie. I think I think there is to a certain degree we are in the second season <laughs> And we don't These, know Cara Dune or Grief Carga enough to think of them. We've had them on, we've had them on them. screen for almost two hours at this point now. We should sure. know them a bit better in terms of what their personalities maybe, might be like. Maybe. I, I think That's I think all. you got a better sense of their characters and who their personalities are in the dialogue and the sort of way it was in the last episode of season one versus this episode. Absolutely. Because I think yes. The, yes, the main 100%. point of this episode, though, was the narrative piece and the action. That's all it was. It wasn't about the character building and the and the relationship that they, they formulated like the last two episodes of season one were about, where it was very dialogue driven and very character driven. I, th- I think you make this a good point. That. that just makes yeah. that just yeah. makes this episode feel more filler to me. That's all. That would be my only yeah. that would it was be good my filler only. though, yeah. <laughs> Guys, listen. We'll get we'll get you into a movie combat Mandalorian season one versus season two at some point. Uh, but let's continue on. Of course we get that incredible Amazing, I think the highlight shot visually uh, within this entire episode of the Razor Crest, you know, blasting through, swoops down, blasts through some storms or some uh, TIE fighters. And then in the sky, we just get that gorgeous shot of the, the, the Razor Crest turning off its engines, does a 360 flip, and then does that sort of like turning thing going straight towards the TIE fighter. TIE fighter has no way of surviving. And we get to see, we get to see the child like, whoa, like with his arms up in the air. <laughs> He's having fun in the ship. That was cute. That was cute. And then that was it cute. blows him up and it's like the day, da 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 He saves the day and they're like celebrating. There, like, was, a bit, there uh, was a bit of cheese. But I think, yeah, it was the most hype moment followed by probably one of the more cheesy moments. Um, and then, of course, the child. We get more of that uh, that Carl Weathers comedy, I guess. That's what is that his thing? Um, uh, onboard maintenance, as uh, Din Djarin calls it. Um, and then, yeah, rounding out the episode, we we kind of get this. Uh, you know, the he says, "I gotta go because um, you know I don't want I don't want uh, Moff Gideon uh, Moff Gideon to catch me. So I'm gonna take the child, and we're gonna well, head over well, and good, see Ahsoka. Good luck, bud. We'll get there. Um, the we we then see Paul Sun Hyung Lee again. Yeah. Captain Carson Tiva investigating yeah. some uh some strange events that he says aren't isolated incidents, sis. Yeah. Um and he says specifically the the they don't believe it on the core worlds, but it's true. Uh if you'll remember the core worlds were the first places that got blown up uh in episode nine. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, episode seven, uh and and you know, from that first Star Killer base attack. So clearly he never gets his message across. Um, <laughs> he recognized she was from Alderaan and says if he lost, if she's lost anyone, and she says she's lost everyone. Uh, I thought that was actually a really great Cara Dune moment. I don't think we've gotten enough of those for that character. Sure. Um, it'll and be interesting to see. See how she, how she kind of maybe grows into that, right? Grows, like, grows into, into becoming... Embracing that and wanting to rebel. be a part of the rebels. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, you know... Um, 
And then, and then we, you know, we get to the the last moment there. We see that ship start floating in, uh, which looked very, like, very original trilogy. I really love that big star destroyer, you know, overhead sort of uh, shot. And uh, and we see the Mimbanese repair technician on a hologram, uh, who was one of the people that Grief asked to repair the Razor Crest at the beginning of the episode. Um, we see that he's planted a tracking device, and the Imperial officer responds with. You will be rewarded in the new era. And so again, this is me kind of thinking like that's the first order era. This is the this is the 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 future that they're 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 building they're, towards. They're building towards, right? Yeah. Um, you know, she informs Moff Gideon that the tracking beacon has been installed and that uh Dinjarn still has the asset, and then we get that uh that final line. We will be ready. Uh, and, uh, you know, we will be ready. And then, of course, the camera pans out, and we see... Um, well, I, I mean, I want to ask you guys. Uh, Kevin, what do you think we saw there? Were those a bunch of Darth Vaders? What were those? <laughs> I have no idea. I was really hoping you guys would have a better answer we, than... We might have something. Yeah, I'll let, I'll let you guys handle it. You guys are the lore what? kings, so... Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, this is definitely hinting at dark troopers or the, you know, like sort of force sensitive. Are they force sensitive or? Sure. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they're, 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 the armor is obviously very Vader inspired, right? Like yeah. whatever it is, but they didn't really show too much. It just looks very Vader inspired. So well, it's... one of the things is, is one of the, uh, I think the, the closed captions descriptions, uh, when you turn that on, um, fans found that it actually does specifically say Moff Gideon turns towards the dark troopers. Um, which, like, who knows if they mean that as, like, dark troopers, that's the name of them, or that they're just dark troopers. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the dark troopers originally appearing in the 1996 video game Shadow of the Empire. Um, they were a group of elite stormtroopers empowered with the dark side of the force. Um, and they, they utilized the dark side of the force um, during a, a specific operation uh, called Shadow Hand. Um, and they were, this is all from a video game that was deemed non-canon. And we, you know, we've seen, uh, Dave Filoni, you know, with, uh, with Thrawn, you know, sort of reach into the legends and, and pull out these little, these little things that fans loved. Um, so I, I absolutely do believe that these are dark troopers. Um, and, uh, and, you know, we'll kind of get to that, uh, when we get to our, what is the way, but guys, let's kind of wrap it up here. Um, you know. I think I would love to know what is your what are your final thoughts on the episode, and uh, we're going to go ahead and rate this out of blue macaroons. Um, so, Kevin, I would love to know what is your what are your final thoughts on this episode, and how many blue macaroons would you give it out of five? Oh, I I would imagine. Um, <laughs> I mean, talking about it has certainly helped warm me up to it a bit. I'm still okay, finding good. I'm still finding issues with it. It's just not quite at a level that I'm hoping it can get to. I'm mm-hmm. in by no means turned off by it. I'm by no means uninterested by it. I'm I'm in for the adventure. I'm I'm in for the ride. Um I just it it's it's falling short in certain areas and I think there's almost too much looking back and not enough looking forward in terms of an arcing story. And 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 we are getting it in pieces, but I'm just I don't want it to be done for the rest of this season and the longevity of the show in episodic installments where it's here's the problem of the episode and we'll give you a little tidbit about something, you know, down the line. Right. Here's the problem that he has to solve this episode, you know. 
Um, I would say this is probably my second least favorite episode of the season. Uh, and so this one at least gave you a bit more tidbits of like, ooh, here's some teasers that you you know you, you have to look forward to. I'll give it three point four blue macarons out of five. All right, I love how you pronounce uh, macarons there, macarons. I'm a- yeah that's the french way yeah <laughs> macarons um cool justin what would you say is your uh, final thoughts on the episode yeah i really enjoyed it i enjoyed it for all the reasons basically kevin outlined there in the sense that you know it gave you the tidbits of information it was a side adventure sort of thing i think this is how they have at least navigated to do half hour content through of star wars in this sort of capacity where it is very you know, compressed and, and it feels very quick and it doesn't, you know, really, it is a sort of adventure or, or mission or, you know, this sort of thing. And it helps to kind of build other elements like the galaxy and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I liked, I liked that this one at least had that mission side stuff as well as a little bit of narrative element to it that kind of helped establish a little bit more of like what might intersecting point within this narrative of Mando. It doesn't mean he's going to be with it throughout the entire duration of the 25 years of the first order growing, but he might in some ways, or he is involved or, or touching, you know, the edges of, of the beginning of, of the first order in his, in his own journey and in his own adventure. So it's, that's, what's really cool is to see where the story kind of fits in. Cause this is obviously they've been very explicit with saying that this takes place between the fall of the empire and the rise of the first order. So there's, there's stuff that, that we're going to be connecting to that's going to happen. That's already happened right in the trilogy. So I, I enjoy cool. that they're trying to f- fill out some of those things. So, uh, yeah, I'd give it a 4.7 blue macaroons out of five. Delicious. Um, yeah, I think for me, this episode is again, another fantastic example, like you guys said, of sticking with side, side mission formula while giving us a little bit of ongoing overarching narrative. Right. Um, I think the best episodes of clone wars and rebels were the ones that did just that. Right. Exactly. And they, they yeah. sort of, they build out the the galaxy. They add more mystery to the galaxy. They get us asking more questions while at the same time answering a little bit. Um, and I, I love that. You know, I love I love shows that do that. I'm a big Lost fan, so you know, obviously, I'm gonna dig. You know, answering a question with a question. Um, but uh, you know, stoked that we're getting more answers that tie back to the the prequel trilogy, the sequel trilogy. Um, and you know, I believe Carl Weathers did a, he did a good job. He did a great job. I think with this episode, um, I don't think it quite lives up to, to episode three and how, just how like sort of, uh, tight that episode was. Um, so in that reasoning, I give this episode four blue macaroons, uh, out of five. Uh, but guys, before we completely say goodbye, I want to know guys, what is the way? Of course, what is the way is where we're going to quickly give our thoughts on where are we going with uh, the stuff that we learned from this episode? What do we think is going to happen throughout this season? Uh, just really quickly, Kevin, what is the way? Uh, the way is that they're going to tease Ahsoka for the rest of the season. We're never going to see her. Uh, no, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't know. Are we, are we going to get there next episode? Um, the next episode is directed by dave filoni well yeah and you were saying that called, in the last episode i believe yeah so, it's yeah. called the jedi so i think okay we might I th- we might I be think there we might. all right unless it's a different jedi which would just suck but you know no i think i think i think we need to see what that's going to be about but obviously there is going to be a massive showdown with you know whatever these dark troops and and uh you know moff gideon and and you know they're they're gonna want the the child back and so i think it's going to be an epic struggle. Hopefully that takes more than 10 minutes out of the last episode of the season, you know, like 
Let's no, <laughs> but honestly, let's stretch out yeah. that final confrontation over a couple episodes, and and you know, let's have be cool. let's have the Mandalorian stay on a planet for longer than thirty minutes, and you know, <laughs> yeah. um, like that's what I kind of hope to see. But you know, hmm. cool. I'm not great at predicting where things are going. So, Justin, yeah, what I, is the way? Oh man, you know, we were already kind of hinting at it last episode. We were talking about clones and. This idea of of cloning being very very relevant in this season, and I think this episode pretty much hit that part that yeah. we're we're on the right track. But now, where in terms of that? And I think this is obviously early experimentation of generating something. And I think I wouldn't be fa- I would I don't think it's far fetched to, th- to to not think that maybe some of these dark troopers end up being uh, the Knights of Ren down the road. Uh, oh, what's wow. left? Cool. Um, oh, that's a cool. So, I I like that a lot. <laughs> I like see, that prediction right? a lot. Yeah. So so I I think that that's thing. But again, the they're, they're, they're only really living be- being much right. They're only but, living because of the dark force that was like sure, imbued yeah. upon. Like they yeah. that's how they live for so long. Wow. Absolutely, yeah. So huh. so well, and it's only thirty years, right? Like who knows? Well, no, right? because, so. but if we think about it, right? If they're using the child's DNA, yep. To sure. make the like that's gonna affect their aging, right? So I really like that. Well, I also don't think that Mando it's gonna be on the shoulders of Mando alone in terms of a show to actually do all of that explaining. I think the fact that they're introducing other characters like Bo Katan, uh, Ahsoka, um, who knows who else we'll see down the road or, or what other options they have in terms of telling more stories within the same sort of universe or timeline as Mando, but it's it's another story. It's it's someone else's story and maybe they're closely affiliated with or getting in that story of 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 the first order i still think that we're going to get a showdown between and i'm only saying it because i really wanted to happen but i would i think we're going to get a showdown between uh moff gideon mando and boba fett i really hope we do that'd be be cool like a three like a an old western sort of style yeah like a good Um, or bad and ugly i read a theory about that and i was like that's an awesome idea yeah i think that's uh, like i really hope that that happens i mean din jaren's (laughs) the good uh, moff gideon's the bad i guess boba's the ugly i mean (laughs) for a lot of a sarlacc pit so who knows he probably doesn't look right he doesn't look too great as we saw in that first episode i do hope we get to see him again i really do think we will uh what is the way i think this is uh you know obviously we find out why they need the child's blood it's for these clone hybrids and i i really think that the things in the tanks Um, I think that that is a, they're trying to throw us off. They're trying to be like, Hey, they're going to think this is Snoke. We're going to play the Snoke music. But in reality, I think it's just going to be a a big surprise that no, 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 these were, these are, these are the dark troopers. These are failed clones slash droids. And I think it's going to, you know, we talked, I talked about at the beginning of the episode, um, how Din Djarin seems to be letting his guard down just a little bit here and there. Uh, and I think he's going, he's going to let his guard down to the point where, they're going to be in a situation where they're going to get this massive attack on them from these dark troopers. And all of that fear of droids is going to come back to them because these things are part droid. Uh, and I think they're all going to be wearing uh, Beskar armor. And I think that we're going to get sort of um, almost like a, 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 I don't know about like a red wedding style, like <laughs> I won't go that far, but I think we're definitely going to see them take out uh, maybe even two of our, our, our heroes. And I do think Grief Karga is not going to survive this season. And I also don't think Bo-Katan uh, is going to survive this season. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if we if we lose some of those characters. I really, really well, do hey, think Well, hey, I mean, that. I'm telling you, if they couldn't take out those two useless guys in the cloning room, right? <laughs> what are they going to do against an army like this? Yes, 100%. 100%. Yeah, I will, we'll have to see. Hopefully hopefully the, the dark troopers aren't trying to shoot out um, <laughs> a hard drive uh, <laughs> you know, during the fight. Um, 
But uh, but guys, that is what we thought of the episode. Um, but we would love to know, of course, what you thought of the episode. So, uh, geeks, write into the show and tell us uh, what you know. What do you think is in is floating in those tanks? Or you know, would you like to eat some some blue macaroons, Justin? Where <laughs> where can the geeks write in uh, if they want to do that? Uh, they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Awesome. Okay, well, guys, that's it. Um, thank you so much for joining me on uh, on this this quick look at uh, episode four, The Siege. Um, we're doing this every week, so make sure you, you know you keep watching uh, you know this season of The Mandalorian. You keep tuning in to hear our thoughts. But of course, again, we'd love to hear your thoughts, so please write in. Uh, next week is going to be a doozy of an episode. So definitely, you know, as we alluded to earlier uh, with the episode being directed by Dave Filoni called The Jedi, obviously we're going to get some Ahsoka time and I'm so excited to see Rosario Dawson and what she does with the character. Um, but guys, it's, it's, it's that time. It's time we hop back in the Razor Crest, grab our blue macaroons and, uh, and clean up some puke um, <laughs> because that's it for, that's it for us. Uh, and as we say, this, this is, is the way. way.